welcome to the 402 311 styly 69 69 yeah thank you 420 420 yeah yeah uh welcome it's talk comics to me it is merry christmas eve eve and we're here to talk about comic books i don't have a lot to say we've had a fairly stressful few weeks i don't we haven't talked about this on here either because no, it's, it's been a mess. Yeah. Um, so the shop we're working at right now is moving. Um, it wasn't necessarily like sudden, but was kind of sudden to find out. So we've been kind of dealing with a flux in where we're going to be. So it's just been a really stressful like few weeks. So if you've seen us seem kind of chaotic while we're recording, that's probably that's what why. It is. Um, so yeah, as always though, thank you for listening because it means a lot to us and you know, good stuff. Um, I don't have anything to say. I'm probably going to cry. No, I had something, but now <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I I had someone I care about very deeply today tell me they loved me for the first time in the time that I've known him, and it it was very... I, it made me cry. I just... If you love me, please tell me you love me, because uh, it always makes me cry. Well, I love you. Oh, don't do this now. <laughs> we've, we've already gone down this hole. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I suppose it, um, just be, just be kind and patient, you know, it's, it's very difficult time this time of year anyway, but like with everything on top of everything Everything. (laughs) that is going on, not just to us, but to everyone, the holiday seasons Mm -hmm. in general are very stressful. Pandemics are very stressful. So just be nice. Working is stressful. Yeah, it is. Living is is stressful. It's a a lot. Money, life. kids cars like it's all just like stressful so just be nice is all you never know what's happening with someone in their lives and if they don't want to talk about it then don't fucking bug them about it but just be nice yes yes that's it i'm sorry that was a thing i'm gonna talk about comics now my name is heather and i am champ and we're here to talk about (laughs) comics talk comics to me at gmail.com 666 at gmail.com yeah it is 666 at gmail.com we couldn't think of anything else we were gonna do 420 but I thought that was too obvious as to like what we do we couldn't just do talk comics to me so no they wouldn't let us okay go ahead talk comics to me okay so this is Odin's Eye this is issue number two this is the uh, bad idea weekly joint Um, they kind of got started late on the whole thing because it was supposed to be every week of December they were releasing one of the the new the new issue of this there's five issues so okay but they were like a week late so I don't know if that means that they're just gonna stop it we're not getting the last one <laughs> you're done after four <laughs> yeah this is it this is it or if they're just gonna release it the first week of January or if they're gonna do the last two in the last week of December I don't know but either way um so this story I hope they don't do the two at once oh my god I would die but i would buy it because i really love this story yeah okay um so in the the first issue you are introduced to the main character i can never remember her name either that or i just not sure how to pronounce it but anyway she's a i either can't remember it or i don't know how to pronounce it both (laughs) um so anyway, uh, in the first issue, the the main character, the girl, is known to be um, a seer of sorts, but also I would say kind of a berserker. When she starts getting these visions from Odin, she kind of goes crazy and loses control of herself. Um, this causes a lot of problems within the 
I don't know, group of people that she lives with. The clan? The clan, yes. I, I was about to use another word. I didn't know if I could use it, a shell. I don't, I don't know. Because I don't know what that means in terms of people, but that was what I wanted to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of strife within the group of people that she lives with. Um, eventually, she kind of discovers that in order to get the answers that she wants from Odin, she has to make a sacrifice, and the sacrifice happens to be her parents. It has to be someone that is close to you, that you love, that you would do anything for. So Sounds like a god move. Yeah, exactly. Odin, I will say this, every time his name is mentioned, the dude's a piece of shit. Anyway. Oh, I was like, what's happening? Anyway, I, I got scared for a minute that it, he was going to just, like, rain down on me. I mean, when we try to start the fireplace later, <laughs> the house will explode. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, she does the act of sacrifice and is does not get the response that she wants from Odin because he is no longer willing to use her as a vessel or hear her or assist her in any way. So she kind of is lost, doesn't know what to do because now her family is dead and she is all alone. So she kind of just starts traveling, gets taken hostage by a group of like wildlings, I'm just going to say. All right. Yep. Um, and as she's with them, she realizes that she herself is about to become a sacrifice, but she meets another person who was taken from another village and they kind of form, I don't want to say friendship cause it's very tenuous, but it's just, the panel's real good. Yeah, no, this, this whole, like, no, that book looks great. Yeah. It's, and that's, I think what makes it because the story itself I don't care for the conversation between the people, mm-hmm. but the narration is absolutely incredible. The art is absolutely incredible. And the violence in this and the blood and the just the lore is really good. Who does um, the colors? Um, Diego Rodriguez. I think it's down here, isn't it? Mm. Or am I just messing? No, it's always in a different place. I feel like they, so, Bad I, Idea just really likes to. Scr- oh, there. It has like. Um, fuck. Oh yeah. I, okay. Yeah, Diego Rodriguez, uh, Thomas Guerrilla does the art, and then Joshua Desart does is the writer, um, and then Simon Boland does the letters. This the group is absolutely incredible. I'm just going to show you like one page here that I really enjoyed. Um, like, look at that. Yeah, no, it look looks at great. It's, it's just, like, look at that art. It's so good. Because I, I remember, see. like, sh- like sending you the preview art for this. Yeah. And just being like, this looks insane. Or, like, when they posted about, like, the delay on the book itself. Yeah. And, like, seeing, like, just the art itself is just, like, it is, it is really incredible. And I don't yeah, think it's, seeing it even, like, in video or this terrible video with too much lighting over here like does yeah it it does not do it justice this book is is very very good and i know i said this last week when i was talking about it but i think this is by far my favorite bad idea book and it's not just because of the the norse in it Mm -hmm. it's the story is really good the character the main character especially normally i wouldn't give a fuck about a little kid but she just she carries the story so well and i just like how all how fleshed out all the other characters are and you kind of grow attached to them really quickly. This is issue number two and like one of the guys died and I was like, that sucks. <laughs> I, lo- I love when that happens. I know. Though. It was like so sudden because I didn't know I had developed that attachment mm-hmm. to him until it happened and then I was like, 
Yeah, that's always a wild feeling in fiction when you do develop those attachments without realizing it. Because I've known that in a few books like that I've read and then... When they die, I'm just like, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, how, did, was, how did you seep your way into my brain like this? Yeah, that was a huge bummer. And it's actually a guy in the first issue that the main character had torn his eye out in one of her fits. It was cool. It was very cool. But anyway, this is Odin's eye. <laughs> I went on about that for way longer than I meant to. I mean, you explained like, basically the whole entire plot. Well, good. Because I noticed that I don't really talk too much about it. I'm just like, yeah, I really like this. The art's good. Characters are good. So, I mean, you don't have to do the whole plot. No, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I just started talking about it, and then I couldn't stop. Uh, you have two books. So. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to keep going. Um, this is Ms. Marvel. This is Beyond the Limit. This is issue number one. Um, it's a limited series. I believe there's five issues. Uh, in this issue, Kamala Khan is in Chicago visiting her cousin, who Chicago. is... Chicago. Um, <laughs> who is a... I don't, I'm not exactly sure what kind of scientist. I, I cannot remember, but she is a scientist that has something to do I mean, with... I see. I yes. haven't like, looked through this book at all. Um, and there's an accident that happens at the lab that her cousin um, works at, and it causes a weird shift in time. So this is... And when she gets back home is when she notices it. So this is what starts the, the shift in time within her story. Yeah, uh, see, I, featuring an appearance from one of my favorites. Yeah, won't I, say who because it is a spoiler. But yeah, uh, the art in that book is why I think I sold that book the other day because it's the same person who did uh, Runaways. Oh yeah, after Chris Anka and yeah, they're really, really, really good. And I love their art. I thought it looked familiar, but yeah, I this is the first Miss Marvel thing that I have read, and I I got it for multiple reasons. It's five issues. It's a really quick story that I you know I know I, know I questioned you on that really hard the other day I'm sorry <laughs> yeah I know. um but the uh, you know the thing that really sold me on it was uh the second issue the cover had Loki on it and I was just curious as to what he does because I know he had been in the previous series um causing mischief yeah at the Valentine's dance um <laughs> I think it was issue 11 um but sorry. yeah I just wanted to see like what what happened like what does he have to do with this mm-hmm. i was just curious and um my dear friend wit loves miss marvel yeah. so and he was he talked about her a lot so i just decided that's to also read it. how i sold that book yeah i just i didn't say my dear friend wit but i should have you should have i, I should have sold that book even harder my but dear friend wit i i enjoyed it mm-hmm. i thought it was it was very fun it was cute well, um, i'm glad you liked it yeah i the art i really really enjoyed and I don't know, it was just a lot of fun. It, it was nice to have a a Marvel book that wasn't just super heavy or like shit or X Men or yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a really fun fun book. Yeah, I really yeah. I, I feel like it. those like teen teen character books are right. always like a pretty good time. It was, and I would recommend it to be honest. Like since it it is only five issues, it's not too it's not dense. You don't have to know physics or anything to read it because they do talk about that a lot in that book and i am pretty dumb and i didn't i understood all of it so (laughs) (laughs) don't need to know physics okay um i guess i'm gonna talk shortly about uh octobriana Mm -hmm. with love this is the anniversary one shot edition who is she (laughs) (laughs) um so i think it was like two years ago 
is when I got the first one. Yeah, that sounds right. So about two years ago, and I think I actually may have sold it at a flea market. Who knows? I can't remember. Um, I got the first time I have encountered Octoriana, the character, and it was a really like weird like art style. The cover was very much like black lighty. This is very different, um, but I do love. May I see that? Yeah. Oh, wait, I got to finish. Yeah, yeah. I I did not get through this book, unfortunately, because it is pretty dense. um, But there are several different artists on this book and basically kind of just like jumps around and tells tells different stories of Octobriana. Um, There are some artists that I'm like, yeah, love seeing them in here. Um, Who did I really like? Maybe I don't know any of these artists. Oh, Stephen Byrne. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's the only person I know. Anyway, regardless. I Simon Fraser, I recognize that name. We'll figure it out. Same with Bohumil. Anyway. Yeah, no, but like, I don't know, like there's just really, Yeah. it's really different, but it's all very vibrant. Oh, yeah. I like that. See, that's the artist that I recognize. This one? This one, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to do, I'm just sorry. I'm going to do a quick read um, because it kind of explains like what this is. And I cannot do that on my own because there is a lot going on. Uh, During the height of the Cold War in 1967, Czech academic Peter Sadecki or Sadecki, Sadecki, defected. Sadecki. Sadecki. Defected to the West from the (laughs) Soviet Union with a suitcase full of comic strip art. Created by an underground organization of dis- disaffected youth called Progressive Political Pornography, these comics featured their paradactyl writing action heroine Octobriana and were a platform for the group to air their grievances with how Stalin and his ilk had corrupted their vision of communism. Sadaki. Sadaki. Found a sympathetic ear to his outlandish tales of the clandestine meetings and wild sex parties that fueled the Octobriana creative process with anti-communist book publisher Tom Stacy. Octobriana and the Russian Underground was published in the UK in 1971, eventually inspiring David Bowie to consider making a superhero movie based on her and Billy Idol to save to have her portrait tattooed on his arm as well as generations of indie comic artists awed by the PPP's bravery in the face of of an oppressive regime. Except, pretty much everything that Sadeki claimed wasn't true. It's hard to distill all the twists and turns in this introduction, but Octobriana was either a Cold War comic book con, cooked up by a hustler if you're feeling generous, an elaborate fantasy of a ruthless fraudster if you're the artist he brazenly stole from, there is no such thing as the PPP, and Octobriana herself was a collage of ideas crudely constructed from the foundations of work Czech artists, and I'm not going to fuck up with any of these names. Bohumil Kanichki and Zadnik Burian. Um, Sadesky commissioned the duo to create strip work and cover paintings for an adventure series called Amazonia, hoping to find a publisher in the West. When that didn't work, Sadeki drew a red star on Amazonia's forehead, created a fictional backstory of her creation, changed her name, and added in panels and dialogue to better fit his new narrative for Octobriana, the spirit of the October Revolution. 
I first encountered the giant radioactive walrus slaying Octobriana in the late 1980s within the pages of Brian Talbot's Adventures of Luther Arkwright and was immediately captivated by her brusque? Brusque? Where is it? Brusque. Brusque, thank you. You guys, I'm stupid. No, that's like a weird spelled word. It's like Q. Brusque character and distinctively unglamorous superhero appearance, I too bought into the story of her elaborate origin and continued to believe it up until around 1996 with the publication of my own take on Octobriana, co-written and published with John A. Short. The truth behind her creation is complicated and messy, which is largely why Octobriana is one of those rare public domain characters that no one truly owns. And despite evidence that debunks Sidixi's claims, the myth of Octobriana being the creation of an underground group persists to this day. Perhaps this book you're reading is just another layer of the story and a part of an elaborate Russian conspiracy to infiltrate and corrupt the minds of decadent Western youth? Either way, 25 years on from my first take on the character and 50 years from the original publication of the book that brought her into the limelight, Octobriana is back. If this is your first time encountering her, we hope that you that you enjoy our interpretations of the greatest Russian superhero you've probably never heard of. And this is written by Stu Taylor, who's the writer and editor. I don't know, you know Colossus. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I... Sounds very interesting, though. Yeah, I just, like, I, that was, like, one of the main reasons I picked up that very first one is because it kind of had, like, it, it kind of told the same story, and that's right. why, like, I kind of want to keep getting these because I like, I like the idea of, like, outlandish tales. I like the convolutedness of, like, who this character is supposedly supposed to be. Right. And I just like the idea of her being, like, free domain, <laughs> Essentially, like mm-hmm. no one knows who actually started her. No one knows like how she came to be. Yeah, but, like she's there. She's there. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I I liked the very first um, one I read just because of like the dynamics of it and how weird the book looked. And I'm I'm looking forward because I think I read about half of the first story within here, but I just like I said I couldn't focus. Right. And so I just wanted to like go back, and I can't read. Wait to like actually fully read this because. I don't know. The first one was fun. I assume all of these other ones are going to be fun. It's just, right. it's what it's supposed to be, yeah. you know? Kind of, yeah, outlandish and campy. Just almost. goofy. Yeah, goofy. She's got big boobs. <laughs> I love that for her. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Let me drink this pit of extreme. It's so extreme. All right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, this is King Conan. This is issue number one. This is Jason Aaron, Mahmoud Asrar, and Matthew Wilson. Dream team. It is a dream team. Um, um, they were the first, I think that's the team who did the original 12 yeah, Jason Aaron issues. I did, um, so I did not realize how much I enjoyed um, Asrar as an artist. Like, I knew I loved the, the covers that he does. Mm-hmm. I, I I knew I enjoyed it, but as for, like, full stories, I just didn't know. And so that's what made me get this. I didn't read Conan before, but I know Champ read most of it. I read the fruit. I read all of Jason Aaron's, like, Jason first 12, okay. 12 issues that he did for Marvel. Right. So you um, would better, you would be able to explain better, like, what happens to lead up to, like, not that, I mean, they give a pretty good yeah, background saying, on yeah, like, it. Yeah, like, yes and no, because he's, like, 
and that's like the thing that they even talk about in the end mm-hmm. about how like all of these issues of Conan are supposed to be like the Conan story where it's just like little bits and pieces and right. that's like those first 12 issues it was little bits and pieces with like kind of an overarching like story right and I think this just does like another piece and brings in a villain that we saw within those first 12 issues but I like I highly suggest those first two issues of Conan mm-hmm. or first 12 issues of Conan by Jason Aaron because I did love them which is why i was so bummed out like you didn't get them i think it's such a weird thing because i was just like how are you getting those other like knockoff ones but did you not get this jason aaron one well that was like during a weird period of like i was still trying to search like what i enjoyed as far as like Things I didn't normally get. I harbor no ill will. I know. Well, you sound like you do. So (laughs) I had to explain myself. But since I know now, I have have very good taste. So um, I am going to go back and I'm going to probably get the trades for those because I am interested in in reading it. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did like the other Conans was because it was straight from the art or the (laughs) author. It was it was his books and it was just in comic form. However, I think I like this art better, and you know I loved the art in those yeah. other ones. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I'm, I'm gonna go back. Don't worry, I'm going back. But yeah, this basically just like takes a little piece of Conan, and you're kind of thrown in there with him explaining, doing his narrative, explaining kind of what's going on, so you understand. And he's kind of stuck on an island. Yes, he is stuck on an like, island. Lost. No longer. Well, I mean, they kind of like. Gave up his kingship, I guess, to do some Conan shit. Runs into an old foe. And they fight. And that's pretty much how this one starts. Yeah. I, it, but it also gives, you know, more background as to, like, how he ended up as, like, yeah, king, king. How he did all that kind of stuff before then. What happened as he was king... It's, uh, I really in- enjoyed this. I liked it a lot. Like, not just because of the art, although that is my favorite page. Yeah, I just wanted to really point good. that out. Uh, the story itself was really good. You know, I love Jason Aaron's narration and stories, so experiencing it again, not being Thor, was mm-hmm. like, it felt really good. I well, enjoyed it. And I've said this time and time again. I think this is like the, like, these types of books are like what Jason Aaron was meant to write. Like, yes. I don't think he, like, I don't think he writes bad otherwise, but like Sea of Stars doesn't have like the same like strength of yeah. like this particular story or like his voice and how he writes like these this particular character or characters that are I guess strong masculine like medieval men, right, who are tortured yes. in a sense. Like, yeah, I completely understand what you mean and I I think like I read a lot of Jason Aaron stuff. Like, I just read it when it, when, I don't know, if it interests me, obviously. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, and if it's Jason Aaron, of course I'm going to get it. But, um, I don't know. I really love him as a writer, and I do miss, I think that's why maybe I enjoyed this yeah. one so much, too, is I, I definitely miss his Thor run, and I, I miss the feelings of it as he writes the characters, and he does beautiful and i just really liked how in the back matter he was talking did i make this up did i make up back matter no, it's okay i was like I, I know i saw it but how he talks about how he was like definitely trying to click into robert e robert e howard's like writings and mm-hmm. how this is kind of just like stuff that he didn't quite finish and i love that 
I love that for both of these writers. Yeah, no, I and think Conan that's, too. I think that's a very, very good. Sorry, I got distracted. I was like, what's happening in this system? <laughs> yes, it was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I need to go back and read Conan. Uh, f- uh, five out of five popcorns. All right. For me. All right. Uh, so this is No Holds Barred. This is issue number one. Uh, Heather hated it. I didn't hate it. I just, I couldn't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I tried because I was interested and I am going to try again because maybe I just like, with all everything that's been going on, I was stressed out. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of Shakespearean words, and because it's done in the pandemic pandemic parameter. Yeah, it's um. So yes, I am. I am gonna go back and read it. I I love the art so much. Um, I love the smell of this book, um, colors, and the idea. I remember thinking was. It seemed very interesting, and yeah. I, was, I was very curious and excited for it. I, I special ordered this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just special ordered this one, but I promise I am going to go back, and I am going to try to read it, because why else would I special order it? It's It seemed like shit that was right up my alley, other than Shakespeare. Uh, so, yeah, I did read this, and it is very Shakespeare. Uh, you kind of do need to be able to, like, tap into like what Shakespeare is or at least like the beats of it you there is a lot of there is modern language in it it does not use like Shakespearean time stuff um basically Shakespeare and his little sidekick are superheroes and that's that's what this does that's it's really silly um the art is absolutely incredible i think that was one of my favorite parts there's like little scenes with like eyes that i really love this one yeah yeah (laughs) there's another one that's kind of like that that i really enjoy okay because that's like how i read the book i was like yeah i love that bird um and then there's this like front page with all the creators that i like so so love um but yeah it's like i think it's a lot of fun um i do also like the lettering because uh dia bidikar does it and i still love his writing or still love his lettering and i also love like how the lettering kind of fits with what's going on especially the difference between like shakespeare's letters and like regular people's letters if this was us who would be who i'd probably be this dumbass (laughs) I mean, I, the dumbass know, little sidekick. I was gonna say, I do feel like I would have. Yeah, you. The, yeah, you would definitely be Shakespeare. But yeah, I had a really fun time. I do think it's kind of. Yeah, you do kind of need to like Shakespeare or stuff like that. Yeah, and I never. I'm not gonna get into it. It's I'm fine. Not gonna get into it. But yeah, I, it's fun. It's a fun little book. Okay, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna read it. Okay. I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. This is Wolverine. This is issue number 19. This is the last one of this story, this run. Um, Couldn't even end it on 20 or something. I know. That's why I was furious. I made it to the end, and this is what it is. Like, that's it. No, that's I was like, like that. that's when I texted you, and I was like, I think that was the last issue, because I was looking, and I was like, well, where... Where's, like, the the reminder for what comes out next? So is it, like, is there a new Wolverine book coming out in April? Is that what I'm supposed to assume? Um, so I don't actually know. Why is he there? God damn it. Um, 
I don't know because next up, like what starts next month is the X deaths of Wolverine and the X lives of Wolverine. Yes, yes. That's a whole thing. Um, but they're both done by Percy, so I I assumed that that is what is. Oh, you pop that hat off. Um, I just assume that is what follows this, and then after that is the Wolverine. But I don't know. I haven't. I'm gonna have to look into it. But anyway, back onto this one. Um, Wolverine goes on a solo mission to figure out what exactly in the ocean is attacking boats, whatever else, um, because bodies keep washing up on the shore of Krakoa, and he is tired of seeing people stress about it so he goes out there by himself and takes care of the problem i loved this issue um especially like the last few pages like this last page in particular i just i just like the i like wolverine a lot and i like the way that he handles the situation here and he he knows what he's doing to himself to help other people yeah, I get that. Oh yeah, it was just it was it was very good. I liked the way the art Sorry. in it, you know, as always. Like I say, yeah, the art is really like, always really good. In that yeah, book. there was a page here. Let me find it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So I think like this, you don't need to know what's happening in the rest of the series to enjoy this issue. It just kind of stands on its own, which I thought was really cool because I couldn't remember if I had. I had read the last one. Yeah, it, like I said, I think like I hadn't read like the last two because I think that's when I took it off my pull file. But you did end up with the last yeah. one. Because it, yeah, the way that it starts, it says Krakoa provides. That's become a kind of mantra for those who live around here. And then he just goes on to explain the bodies that have been washing up on the shore and how he. I don't know. I I, I really really love this. It. You really got to know uh, Wolverine internally. Not like the rest of the series. No, 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 no. No, that one in particular just, I feel like, deals with him, like, realizing that if he does die alone, he chose to do that himself. And, Mm -hmm. like, he doesn't understand why he always puts himself in those positions because anyone would have helped him if he had asked for it. Yeah. So I just like that whole thing and... It was, it was very good. That's all I'm going to say about it. It was just, it was a really good ending to that. Um, and this is another ending. This is Maria Lovitsa Porcelain. Uh, this is issue number five. Beryl discovers how to defeat the big bad within the haunted house and she gets out. I love Beryl. I love that for Beryl. Yeah, I do, I do love that for Beryl as well. Um... I cannot tell you if this did not make sense. And I was so confused, so confused the entire time. That sounds right. Um, because I, I just don't understand. There wasn't. It was only five issues, so you kind of get like this. You get an idea for a story, but I there was no like growth. All of a sudden, this character just turns up and it's like, oh yeah, this is the bad guy, so we have to figure out how to beat the bad guy. And then in this one, it's like, here, take my knife. Alright, bad guy is defeated. Time to go home. It was just, it was really weird. It wasn't, I didn't really like the way that it was paced. Um, I I didn't understand the introduction of a boy character that was obviously supposed to be like a love interest of some sort Mm -hmm. if she just had to leave him behind because he was a doll. I don't 
It was just very weird. Um, okay. And I know I say that about all of her series that I read. The main reason I get her books is because I love her art. Absolutely adore it. Um, which that is another thing is the art was phenomenal in this one. Yeah. In particular. Like, and it might have been because the panel setup, like the background is black, whereas normally she does like white. Yeah. So I know that panel setup is really yeah. good. And the colors like in contrast with everything yeah. just like pop so well. It's... It was a beautiful book to read, but I think, in my humble opinion, um, the focus was on the art and not the actual plot of the story, which is fine. There's going to be a story of hers that I don't like every now and then, and that's fine. I'm still going to continue reading her because they're always very interesting ideas. Just, I did not, I did not like this one. All right. And I, I feel bad saying that. I know. It happens. I know. It literally happens. It's like the whole... Com- I, we're going to get to Tom King after this. So uh, yeah. Okay. It's like, I like Tom King. I guess I don't like most of his books. Ma- we liked, what, like one, one and a half? half? Yeah. Um, so anyway, not talking about Tom King right now. This is Catwoman, Lonely so. City. This is issue number two. Um, this is by Cliff Chang. Okay. I... Yeah. I Sorry, if I am mispronouncing things, I, I'm so sorry. It's been a long tell, month. T- yeah, tell me, tell me, please yell at me. I'll be better. Um, yeah, this I haven't read this issue. First issue was great. I loved it. Art's wonderful. I like the exploration of the story with an older Catwoman without it being this older Catwoman. And yeah, it's fun. Old lady cat. Yeah. Just like middle-aged lady cat. Yeah. So I'm excited to read this. It's just, I love his art so much. It's like one of my favorite like artists and I think he just like murders it. So that's all I'm going to say. Just like cat. (laughs) So this is Catwoman, Batman, Batman, Catwoman. Uh, This is A Little Town of Bethlehem. This is issue number nine. Um... Heather and I were just talking before we started recording about how I feel like I've liked the last few issues a lot more and maybe because they are done by Liam Sharp, like a different artist. Which is wild because I this is one of my favorite covers and it's Clayman. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's weird how that works because... I just think I'm distracted by Clayman's yes. art. Like by it's, the butts and stuff. Yeah, it's by the butts and stuff. It's, it's too sexy. Yeah. It's too unnecessarily sexy when I'm just yes. like, I just want to read like the words that I need to be said, like that need to be said without being distracted by Catwoman's ass as she like squats in front of a safe. Yeah, no one squats like that. We did show you. <laughs> I gave you a prime example of how dumb it looks. Um, but I yeah. I show the page there just like the art so you can see like how good that is but yes it's it's a really good story um we're pretty deep into it but you're just still catwoman's kind of trying to use her connections to get out of town since her batman daughter is after her her uh, shoulder pad daughter yeah so this just like flips back and forth in time just like the other issues um I don't know. It's like, it's such a weird book though. It's like, this is one of the most un Tom King books I think we're reading because it's not necessarily a mystery. It's not necessarily like anything. It's just like, it's like if a manic person yeah, no. <laughs> wrote a Batman and Catwoman like comic book, they're just like, okay, what if I just like, 
but we need wrote to put this. The, yeah, I wrote this all down. Like, what if, what if Catwoman kills Joker, and then I just go back and forth during Christmas yeah. time? And that's literally <laughs> what it is. Is like you are given what happens in the story, and the story itself is what led up to those events and what followed them and they are very all over the place out of control but i mean i think that's probably why liam sharp's art does so good in these last few is because it um it really it feels unreal yeah yeah it really it keeps up with the idea of just being out of control and I think that's like, yeah, what didn't sell it in the beginning is because it is out of control. Like yeah. Everything here is just fucking sideways. None of it makes sense. It's just like butts up wild. Like I just, it's out of control. And I don't know why. I've never used that term before in my butts life. Butts up wild. Yeah, I've never said that. I don't know I don't where think, that came from. I don't think anyone's ever <laughs> said that in their life. <laughs> like what person's just like, I, it's butts up wild. Yeah. <laughs> no idea and that just came so naturally for me too as if i've said it a million times i've never heard that before i don't i don't know i'm so sorry everyone i just it, i i am out of control all right well with that i'll move on we'll move on yes i i don't know if i suggest batman and catwoman though i just want to say that first i just i don't i don't know how i feel about this i book. think if you like those characters I think if you like Liam Sharp's art, you could just read the last yes, few issues and yes. not have to know anything that's yes. going on. Well, I was going to say, I, I had to stop where I was going with that. I think if you like Tom King and you like the characters, then I would recommend it. But I think if you like the characters alone, I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Like, I think if you want to enjoy it, you have to like those characters and Tom King's writing. Okay. That's all. That's fair. Okay, so this is House of Slaughter. This is issue number three. Uh, this just continues Aaron's story with... Um, God, what is this other... Is there kissing in there? Oh, shit. There, there is kissing in here. What? Uh, Aaron and Jace. They're I'm going to com- make that mask for you. I, I, They had them for sale, and I was very tempted to buy one, but I'm I did not. make it. Uh, but yeah, this just like goes back into the something is killing the children lore i guess or like characters and you're learning more about like how aaron who was in something is killing the children kind of came up and it's uh it's really good i love this story it's gay and it's so gay but also excuse me yeah dude I have not read this yet um, because I haven't finished. I haven't even started, honestly. Something is killing the children. I just got this because I wanted to have it just in case I wouldn't be able to find the issues again, like once I got mm-hmm. to it. So I'm a sellout and a poser. I don't think that's true. I think I think that's a very like, especially with like paper shortages and printer shortages, whatever the fuck is happening right now. That's a very warranted like thing to do yeah. because there's there are chances that it'll be hard to get and scalpers who just buy shit to like ruin things for other people. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I love this. I think especially if you're really reading something is killing the children, you absolutely should be reading this. Uh, I don't, it's weird to say, cause I don't think you could just like jump in, but you prob- probably could. But once again, it's one of the things like with the last story arc when I'm like, you could jump in, but it does like, have characters that you've kind of already like 
connected with. It would be more fulfilling if you read the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it would feel like even though you know what's going on, you are missing a A little piece. Yeah. Yeah. A a part that you need to eat. So. Yeah. But I love this. I think it's really good as, like, the art is so good. I love um, Chris Sheehan. Uh, His art is great. Uh, Tate Bromble. His writing is so good. He's just, like, really great. Um, But, yeah, that's all I have to say about that because I don't want to. Don't really want to ruin anything, but just a little story. Yeah. Read it. I'm going to run to the restroom. Okay. I'm going to cover this. Okay. Um, Here, I'm going to talk about this next book. Um, This is Kang, the Conqueror. This is issue number five. This is the last one of this series, this particular series. I'm not going to do that ASMR anymore. Did you know that that gives me really bad anxiety? Um, It's supposed to be, like, soothing and whatever, but I can't. It just makes me tense up. I don't like it. So anyway, this is the story of how it's just the origin of Kang, the Conqueror. Um, I forget what his actual name is. Let me, uh, Nathaniel Richards is this boy. So it's just the story of how he became King, the Conqueror. Uh, this is going to be leading into the series Timeless that I believe starts next week. Um, I think it would be beneficial if you were going to read Timeless if you read this first because then you get this origin. But I also don't know because I am not getting Timeless. I don't feel like it's necessary for me because I got all that I wanted out of this, which this was really, really good. I would like to say. Skate on over here. Um, I really did enjoy this and I know I've mentioned this many times with books. I am a huge fan of poetic narration. This book has that in spades. And the art's all right. Yeah, the yeah. I think that was really the only thing that I was kind of like on the fence about because again, facial expressions is my thing, and they did not some not for me. Some of them just weren't for me. But the story itself was very, very, very good. The narration was good. The whole I don't know. All of the events in this were really good and. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just, it was really good. I like the dinosaurs too. That's all. <laughs> That's, uh, what you need to know. But this is my favorite part of it, and it doesn't spoil anything, especially because if you haven't read it, but it says, rest knowing you have bested all you thought to be great in this world. Die knowing you stand astride destiny. Give your face and voice to he who you created and who you in turn created you. And above all other things, through all space and time, Though all of time and space may conspire to defeat you, never, ever love. Because the whole point of this is love destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird that it started with like, hey, here's this origin story of how King the Conqueror came to be. But it's really, hey, this is the story about how King got his heart broken and then decided that he'd become an emo boy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) He gives up his entire identity to become King the Conqueror, and it was just great, beautiful, classic little boy move. All right, I just have pictures. So I just got these prints. That's basically why I just wanted to show off these prints. I'll make Heather hold that one. I'll hold this one. See? Um, I'm trying to get it so there's no glare. There we go. There we go. Anyway, uh, these are from my friend Mike. 
I mean, I guess we're Twitter friends. I guess we're not real friends. That's friends. Twitter's friends. in real life, friends. so you're real life friends. Real life. Uh, but Mike runs a zine called, or a monthly zine subscription subscription service called Wiggly Bird uh, Mailing Club. And monthly, you can subscribe. I think it's like $6 a month. That's not bad at all. To subscribe and get a monthly zine. It might be a little bit more. I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably should have looked this up before I said it. Uh, We'll we'll post information (laughs) in case you're curious. Uh, And every month, you get a zine made by a trans artist. And that's probably one of my favorite parts. Um, Mike is like an incredible artist. Every time he posts work, I'm... (laughs) always wait is away. that mike's art yeah that one is okay yeah okay. both of those are um and he's currently working on a comic that he keeps like posting art for that i'm also very hyped on like i can't wait to see it okay so and for october he did a zine all based off of like hellraiser which was great and he sent that out for like wiggly bird like monthly subscribers mm-hmm. So highly, highly suggest like signing up for that because I think it's cool. Worth it. Not yeah, very definitely. expensive and you'd be supporting not only um, queer folk, but also small artists. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. yeah, highly suggested. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Okay. okay. This is uh, Moon Knight. This is issue number six. Yeah, this is Mark Spector being Moon Knight. Yeah, and that's that's all there is to this, really. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it, direct continuation of the previous yeah. issue. Um, I forget her name now. Why can't I remember her name? The this this one they say it in the, the vampire. Yeah, um, she enlists the help of a doctor um, and sarcastic voice Reese. old friend Reese um, of Mark's to help him heal because he got hurt very, very badly. And he tells the story of like how he became who he was and why him and Mark, while very different, are not different at all. And I don't know. I I thought it was good. You know, I like it. It's like I say with every issue now, it's just, it feels like its own issue. Yeah. No, it's weird how it is continuation, but also feels like its own issue, which I suppose Mm -hmm. isn't like a bad thing And. Like, just going to pick up a book sort of situation. But when you are, like, reading a book where you're at, like, issue number six. And I think, like, you see the, like, trajectory of the story. I think it's just really hard because I don't don't feel like I've connected with anybody the way I should. Yeah, there's just, like, this small red thread through all the issues that is holding it together. And just, like, it's not really cohesive yeah it's definitely not as strong as it could be yeah it is still really good mm-hmm. which is the confusing thing about it because like i normally, i definitely don't i don't dislike it yeah that it feels like the plot is so loose mm-hmm. and i'm waiting for that one thing that is in my head supposed to happen soon that is going to make sense and tie everything together and make it a super tight story but I don't know if that's going to happen because I it say, doesn't I think, feel I think, like it. Yeah, and I think that's what this issue is supposed to be, where they're just like, okay, this is who your main villain is. Yeah. And here's how, like, these two characters who, like, you thought this person was going to start out as your main villain, but he's not. So here's how he and your protagonist are going to, like, right. connect. And now we start the story. Yeah. So it just, like, yeah, it so does feel... Everything was just, like, a prelude to what is happening. Mm-hmm. See, I I get that, but I also don't approve of it. So <laughs> not six issues in. No, like if it was just one or two, that makes sense mm-hmm. to me. But like, 
Give, give me the story. And I think the problem with Marvel, too, is you have no idea how long this is going to last. Yeah. So it's just like, well, is this going to be like, you know, more than 12 issues? Or am I going to have six more issues of like stuff like this and then just end? And then I don't get. Right. I don't get anything that I want. Um, the other thing of it's the theme for the night the art is incredible yeah, the art, the is, art is phenomenal i think if nothing book. else we just we do buy comics with great art yeah yeah and i hate this like, book art top notch it's like i said i not only do i have i don't great hate this taste, book i just want to say that go ahead we both have great imagine us together our tastes together phenomenal uh, Tastemakers. Okay, going I'm gonna keep going then, um, since I have not, in my opinion, gone far enough. Um, this is Nightwing. This is issue number 87. This is the B cover. He's shirtless. With, he's got a dog on him. So let me tell you about this issue. I do not read Nightwing. I have not read any of the 87, uh, 86 other issues. I have no idea what's going on in this. But this issue is special because if you were to tear out all the pages and lay them out side to my side it is one continuous panel which is really fucking cool yeah it is really cool so yeah i'm gonna just like flip are you through. gonna rip up your comic i might i'm just gonna like flip through a few of them so you can kind of see get get a feel for it so don't ask me what exactly is happening in this because i have zero context i, I as i said i have not read any of the other issues um, I was actually, this was brought to my attention through, um, our yeah, other dear friend. Yeah. Our other friend, uh, Derek, who is in love with Nightwing. This is one of his favorite stories. He is the one who told me about that. So I just decided to pick up this, this one issue. Uh, I've been meaning to read it because I do like Tom Taylor and I do trust Derek's opinion when it comes to Nightwing. So I do want to read it. I just, this issue was just it looked like a lot of fun. It was a really cool idea. And so I decided to check this one out. And I was not disappointed. It was it was very good. And the flow is just like... Yeah. So just like the action sequences mm-hmm. and how they work. It reminds me of like when in every Black Widow issue that I would show mm-hmm, you how mm-hmm. they'd have that one splash page that was just absolutely yeah, incredible. Disagree. That's what this whole book is like. Yeah, the craft in this is like mm-hmm. gorgeous. Like it just looks good. And yeah, the like... It just flows really well. Yeah. So that is why I got this one. As I said a little bit ago, I am a poser. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, I have Ma. This is issue number four of five. So don't expect me to talk very long about this particular book. Art, art's good. Uh, basically, sisters go to an island with some feminists, white feminists, in my personal opinion. And... Things do not go go very well, honestly. And it's, like, weird. I love the... There's a lot of... It's a horror book. But I would say, like, very, like, strongly, like, body horror stuff. I love body horror comics. Um. So, yeah, I just really... I don't, I don't know what to say about this book because it... There's a lot going on. And dissecting it would take more than the few minutes I would have to talk about comic books. But I would suggest it. I think I might wait for trade, especially at this point. But I think it would be like better read in trade, even though the monthlies have come out on time. I think it's one of those books that's just like, excuse me, dense but not dense. Like there's so much going on and there's so much subtext. 
but it just seems like it's very like face value. Okay. See, I do. I think I am gonna pick up the trade for it. I I, I think you would really like it. I just think because there is like there's that level of like what you were talking about earlier. But I I don't know. I have a lot of respect for uh, Jude Doyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellison? Yeah, Jude okay. Ellison Doyle. Okay. I was like, isn't Ellison a part of that name? Sorry. Uh, and just because uh, they're, like, I follow them on Twitter. I think they have a lot of, like, interesting things to say, especially going through just transitioning and, like, that sort of thing. Like, seeing their tweets are often, like, just good. It feels nice to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a res- lot of respect for, like, what what he does it's just like weird it's just weird like it's strange like reading this and learning more about the creators at the same time but i have a lot of like i don't know i like the book al kaplan does the art and i also like i said the art is just so good the colors are great like i think it's an interesting book i think it's worth reading i think it's like an interesting delve into like feminism and also just men (laughs) And how, like, those balances, like, are just... Lord knows how we... I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, I was saying, there's there's a lot going on in this book. And so it's just... Something else. Something else, yeah. Something else. Uh, So next. All right. So now we have Eat the Rich. This is issue number five. This is the last one. This sums up our story, gives a cute little conclusion as to what little Joey is going to do. Yeah. Her boyfriend proposes, gives her an option, like, you have two choices. You can either marry me, stay here, we can live happily ever after, eat humans, or you can try to leave. Yeah, that's it. This, I, I don't know. It, it's fun because I did like all of these issues up until probably this issue, and the only thing I didn't like about this issue was, like, the literal ending. Yeah, it, it's, um, it reminded me of something, but I honestly cannot remember even what, like, when I read it, I had, like, that glimpse, and I was like, oh, that. That panel's good. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to touch yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, whatever, it's fine. Um, I did, because I agree, I did enjoy this book a lot. There were a couple things that I was kind of like, mm, about, but not enough that I, mm-hmm. it made me dislike it at all. But yeah, I just... The ending definitely didn't hit the way I think it, it should have. Mm-mm. No. It was it was very strange. Overall, I, I do... I would mm-hmm. recommend this. I do think it was a very good one. It just... It reminded me a lot of that movie, The Society. Um, right. Yeah. It was just... It was a lot of fun. The art and colors are yeah. so good. Cute little horror. Especially like this last issue. The colors just... Yeah. I do think it's a nice little glimpse into the horrors of um, morals. <laughs> I mean, and just especially when your morals can be questioned. Yeah. Who you think you are. Right. And especially, like, I don't know, being with someone who was raised completely different from you and the things that you would do to kind of join them on that level of life, yeah. I guess. Yeah. To, like, be with them, to, like, be a be a partner it's a it was a very interesting delve into that part of society as a poor person because that's like one of my biggest fears is like being welcomed into the, like the new rich community and then finding out they eat people like that's <laughs> 
But I do think you're right. Like, it does do a very good job of, like, showing you how it is, like, going into a upper-class family. Yeah. From, like, a lower-class route. And even, you know, skipping the eating people part. Just, like, the uncomfortableness of, like, what that is. And, like, what privilege is. Yeah. And just how, how weird, like wealthy people are i know that's like the wrong term for it but like there's they're very strange in the way that they interact with I you don't, and the way we that don't they, have to like not hurt wealthy people's the way, feelings no, on this I, i'm show. saying i don't want to use the word weird because i love that word and i don't like associating that with like wealthy people but they are so strange there we go and the way that they carry themselves and the way that they interact with people who they believe are below them like it's it's just very mm-hmm. very very strange in this. I think the on my experiences anyway. When I've talked to people who have like two dollars more than me, this is like exactly what it feels like. Anyway. Oh wait, I don't have a book. Oh wait, I have. The yeah. Book, but... So we both read this mm-hmm. one, um, but I. You picked it up. I just read it off the wall. I can't. Did I add it or did I just special order this first one? I, I don't know because it's it's a it's a non lunar DC book. Right. I'll have to check because I think. I think I added it. Anyway, this is called The King's Vengeance. This is a Scout Comics book. This is just basically a weird medieval futuristic kind of book about a king who is going for revenge like several years after the events of the original incident took place. Um, It is... So the little boy is the king? Very weird. Yes, he is a king, and he is also a king. Okay, so, so this I, guy is... I just thought he was just like a regular old knight. No, no, no. He is, he is a king, um, okay. and that was part of the reason why his people didn't want him to leave was because they okay. were like, you're a, you're a king. You can't do this kind of stuff. Like, who's going to take the throne if something happens? And he's like, I don't fucking care anymore. Like, he's going to get revenge against this guy who had done something to him in years past. So that's what this story is. Okay. About. Well, I, I, I mean, is, I read the whole thing, but yeah. I did not. I literally, I wasn't even drinking beers. I just did not grasp what the yeah, no, fuck it was, was happening. It is very, very strange. It does help that they have this at the beginning. Okay, oh, I says, think I missed that page. It says four years, but. Yeah, no, I like, totally <laughs> missed that page. I did not read any of that. No okay. wonder it was so Yeah, confusing. no, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense because after, when I had first read it, I, it was still a little confusing. But then I went back and like read this again after reading okay. this and then it, it made, it did make more sense. How did I not read that at I don't, all? Um, they were kind of stuck together, to be honest. Like it, it flips to that very quickly. Okay. So yeah, it's... Thank you for giving can, me an excuse. <laughs> it can be kind of confusing, but... Yes, read the the little blurb at the beginning because it does kind of explain like a prelude to what this story is going to be about. I'm not sure how many issues this is going to be, but I am I am going to get them all because I'm curious enough because there's dinosaurs yeah. in it. I said futuristic. I meant Jurassic. That's what I meant. Um, I did really enjoy it despite the fact that it as it is as confusing as it is, and it's not because of the art because I'm not I was not. I didn't really like the art that much. I didn't, especially for the type of story that it was, but it really, it just grabbed me for some reason. And I'm, I don't know why a lot of scout books do that. They just really I'm not going to say it. I almost said a quote that I never want to say in my life. Um, Raw dog. Yeah. No, I almost said it grabbed me by the fucking pussy. <laughs> it's 
why I wasn't going to say it, and you made me say it anyway. I gotta go. <laughs> Later. You just finish it up. Okay. Um, well, we're almost done. Yeah, you only have to talk about this one that you didn't read in this one. Mm. Uh, so I have a refrigerator full of heads. This is issue number three. This just, uh, once again, is like kind of a, I guess, sequel to Basketful of Heads. And this issue explains everything that's going on. I don't want to talk about it because there's a lot. And I enjoy it, but it's a weird it's a weird book. Once again, it just it feels so much like a sequel of a horror film. I love the art. I love the colors. I think those are like super interesting. I think they fit the story really well. It's just so silly and it's in its own right. Just like, like campy silly. Yeah, okay. In a weird way, like it's serious, but I can't take it seriously. It's like if I was watching a serious horror film. But it's like, this was made in 1980. You're being ridiculous right okay. now. Like, a biker gang is the bad guy. A biker gang going after a bunch of, like, Norse mythology weapons. Okay, so it's uh, wild hogs with a, n- the national treasure twist. Yeah, to it. I suppose. But that, like, that was actually one part of this issue that I really did like that I actually I did want to talk about because... They do like an interesting thing where they talk about where each of these weapons come from, came from. So it's just like there's a sword that comes with the bones of, or with the, that's inlaid with the bones of Odin's ravens. Oh, Hugin and Moonin. And then there's a dagger that's uh, made from Fenrir's canines. Oh, baby. So the sword lets you take the pe- people's memories that you stab with the sword mm-hmm. as long as they're not dead. Uh, the dagger, if you like slice somebody, they're basically like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the belt of Hugmundarg. Gunder. Oh, Yarmundarg. Yarmundgunder. Hugmundar. There it is. We got it. Uh... So, and it's made from the skin of the world serpent. And does it say? It doesn't say what the belt does. The only weapon that could cut Odin Odin down. down. Yeah, so the axe is made from uh, Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. And... The world tree, if you don't know that. Yeah, the world tree. Uh, so that's like what the axe from the very first one basket full of heads is from. And like, so I thought that was like a really cool thing. Yeah, I really like that is very nice. And thank, thank God I have you around because I've been getting into this Norse mythology stuff. And I was like, oh, I get this. Now you know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I understand. I will never know how to pronounce it. This is why you know I will never be able to pronounce anything in the world because I can't even say white people names. We'll get there. Someday. Uh, So now I'm going to spend exactly two minutes talking about this. I might go a little longer. Okay. So this is X-Men Trials of Magneto. Um, I'm going to straight up say right now, if you want to read this book without any spoilers, please stop the video here because I'm about to spoil the shit out of this book. Yes. I promise you. Okay, go ahead. So the only thing I'm going to say is I I just 
I did not like it. It did not make sense to me, like, why this was even necessary. I didn't understand the chain of events that happened in this book. I don't understand the mystery behind it. Was it necessary? Why did it happen? Why did it happen? Yeah, that's uh, that's basically where I'm at in this book. Um, I have a lot of problems. I have a lot of problems. I, I will start out with the beginning of the book where Wanda just points out who her killer is, and it's Toad. I haven't seen Toad basically since the beginning of Krakoa, if, if then. I haven't seen him throughout all of this book, so how was I going to know that it was ever going to be right. Toad? But I think the problem is it's just, it's a weak story. I think it could have had more dynamics, uh, but it's just, it's chaotic. It doesn't make sense. The fact that they did their exile stuff in front of the Avengers is very weird. Like, hey, you're kind of doing war crimes. Yeah, it, it was an interesting choice. Um, the fact that Wanda and Magneto have kind of teamed up to kill her and then blame it on somebody else is weird. Uh, the one thing I liked about this, and like I said, this is all spoiler zone, uh, is the little waiting room but I don't think doing what they did was necessary. It felt just, it just felt weak. It just, I don't know how this was actually made into a five issue series, how they like stopped X Factor to like make this very book. It just, it's, yeah, it's not good. And in the, in the art switch at the very end was kind of strange. Yeah, I was gonna say, I really did enjoy the art like a whole lot up until the last few pages. And it's not that I did not enjoy it either. Like at the end, it was just such an abrupt change that I, it, it was very strange because I love the art in this book. Yeah, I just, overall, I think, yeah, weak story. It didn't give its due diligence. It had no, real lessons learned or anything or just like any cohesive like okay here's why this happened it's like here's why this happened but it's just like but why but like why yeah. <laughs> like you didn't have to go about it this way at all i don't like the way that wanda roped magneto into it by making him feel guilty or like using his love for her to like trick him into mm -hmm. not trick because it wasn't a trick it was just that i don't i don't it's know it's almost like gaslighting but yeah not, yeah but it's he just... said multiple times i don't want to do that and she said no 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 no. it's okay it's all right dad you'll be fine well and it's also just like the fact of like why are you even as i said to you earlier it's just like she could make it look like she had been attacked mm -hmm. so there was no reason to have this this man father figure oddly sexually killed her <laughs> yeah that was very weird i don't know there was just you there's know so many like just missed like steps and like it just didn't hit it really didn't and i you know i love magneto i just i don't like the way that he was treated throughout this series and i do think a lot of the times within x-men stories he is treated appropriately but in this, I just did not, I didn't understand why he was treated the way that he mm -hmm. was by someone who claims to love him. Well, and I think it's also everybody's reactions afterwards. Yeah. It's like, so I'm going to make you the main, I don't know. There's a lot, of, yeah, 
once again, it's just, it's not good. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I know people who did like it. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm glad for them. And I would like to know why. If you did like this, like, I would literally want to know why. I want to know why you like this. Yeah. I want to know why you like the story, what you got out of it. Because I did not, I didn't feel it. And I don't want to argue with you. I just want to know. Right. Like, I think that's it for me. It's just because I, I didn't take anything out of this. No, it did honestly feel like a bit of a waste of time for me. I felt like, again, there were a few parts in it that I really did enjoy. I, I love reading about Magneto, but yeah, it just felt like at the beginning, especially when all of this happened and they suspected Magneto, the way that they turned on him so quickly after everything that he had done for them and like how he how drastically he has changed since the beginning mm-hmm. of his time. Like, it's, it seemed very unrealistic to me. Well, like, it, I, I know I keep coming back to this Toad thing, but it's also, like, with the Toad thing where the, she's just like, it's it was him. And it's yeah. just like, they don't investigate that, though? Yeah, they just took her word it's, for it. Who Like, Scarlet Witch, who did so many bad things. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. Because it's, we it, just did. It yeah. just it's just just a lot of missteps. Not for me. Yeah. That's same. It. Same. It's just not for me. I think this is probably one of my least favorite X-Men things I've read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just it sucks. And I do like Leah Williams, like usually as a writer. Mm-hmm. I like I like the art for the most part, but yeah, this story just did not. I liked X Factor. I went back and read X Factor. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I just didn't. I don't know why this was the next logical step for the story. I don't. Well, and I don't know why it had to have its own like mini series. I like. It's just okay. Anyway, yeah, not for us. Yeah, we're done. Um, so we will see you later. Please take care of yourselves. Do good things. Support your local comic book shops. Please, please, and be patient with people this time of year. I would say until probably the 15th of January. No, nay, a bit further. The 26th of January, the day after my birthday, I deserve to be treated nicely by people who come in to see me. Yeah. Um, But just be patient, is it? Just be patient, be kind. Think about other people before you say things that could potentially be taken the wrong way because people are very stressed right now. But we love you, as always. Thank you for listening to us. Support your local libraries as well. Mm -hmm. Take care of other people. We love you. And we'll see you on the flippity flip. Do you have something? Yeah, no, I was going to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, I hope you have a good, joyous time. If you are planning on doing things, please, please be careful. Wear your masks. Everything is spreading super fast now. Um, Just... Keep in mind that there are some people who, if they even are are vaccinated, are boosted, if they get sick, it doesn't matter. They will still be very sick. So please keep that in mind. Take care of each other. And just just be kind. And also, happy birthday, Christopher. We love you. Happy birthday, Christopher. We're best friends. Forever. Yeah. We'll see you on the flippity flip, motherfucker.